what would be the one thing, if you could just put your finger on one thing that you'd want to be remembered as, as a house guest on the show? Oh, man. Wow, that's a really good question. I would say a comeback kid, an underdog. In the words of Eminem, one of my favorite, you know, I've been chewed up and spit out and booed off stage. Like, it's happened a few times in my life. And I was so down and out that week. And nobody wanted to talk to me. Nobody trusted me. Nobody liked me. And somehow, some way, I came out on top and I stayed all the way to finale night. So I think comeback kid. And that's what I would want to be remembered for. <laughs> What's up? It's your boy, DJ Omowski. I'm Sean here with Waleezy, and we have a very special guest from Long Island. She might be the new queen of Long Island, I'm pretty sure. Um, she was America's favorite house guest on Big Brother number 21. It's Nicole Anthony. What's up, Nicole? Hi, what's up? I'm doing okay. How are you guys? Good. Are you Good. hanging in there with everything going on? Yeah, I mean, I think Big Brother was a decent amount of practice for this, so I'm doing all right. That's That was honestly the best practice for quarantine, for sure. Yes, absolutely. And this time, I actually have a cell phone and internet so it's pretty cool i was just watching something or i was reading an article i, I don't know if it was a big brother america or another country but they're saying that canada, I, think. I think big brother canada they have no idea there's like a legit pandemic going on in the world i know they just showed on big brother canada they just announced to the house guests what was going on they got letters from home and it was a very emotional scene yeah that's a lot i mean you know you know firsthand you're cut off from the rest of the world so to kind of get that uh, devastating and emotional news on air because everything is 24-7 recorded. It's a lot to go through and, you know, I think that, you know, the producers did a good job of reassuring the cast that everything was good for their immediate families and but yeah, it's it's a lot because you are you're cut off and you want to be able to pick up the phone and text your family but it's, you know, you're not in that situation. I think it's one of the most difficult things. A lot of people will say like, oh you know, I'm sure you have some insight or some connection or they let you talk sometimes and it's like, no, like absolutely nothing, whatever. So with something like this to have the producers obviously reach out to the house guests and tell them it's phenomenal that they know and like you said they handle it so well telling them about it and then also giving them letters from home so they were able to hear okay my family's all right but otherwise they have no idea what's happening and it's very scary yeah very scary it's pretty crazy i wanted to we're obviously going to talk about some long island things since you're from long island you're actually not too far away from us in terms of where we grew up so we'll talk about that too but uh, i want i wanted to jump into big brother and kind of your journey and and talk a little bit about that you know we saw your uh, pre-taping package where they show you and a little bit about you before the season starts and the first thing you said that the first thing you showed do you remember what the first thing that was uh, that came out of your mouth out of the show no, I don't. <laughs> it was uh, bringing it back to Long Island. Yes. yes I love that it. That was my big thing. I remember, you know, obviously I've watched the show for over a decade and there weren't a lot of people who were representing Long Island. And yeah. I never heard like, you know, Strong Island or Long Island Strong. And I'm like, I want to be that representation for a place in our country that a lot of people don't know about. Like I was really shocked going through finals and living in the house a lot of people be like, oh, where's Long Island? Or, oh, you mean Long Island City? And yeah. I'm like, no. People know the Hamptons. They don't know Long Island. Yep. Yeah. It's so true. <laughs> um, so so before you kind of go through your journey and your process through Big Brother, can you explain what actually like Big Brother is for the people who don't know? 
absolutely. So Big Brother is a social experiment. They move 16 people into a house and you're completely cut off. So no newspapers, no cell phones, no TV, no anything. So you're just intermingling with 15 other people. And what happens is each week there's competitions where someone becomes the head of the house and they put two people, what they call like basically on the chopping block to go home that week. And they, they compete to, I don't want to get too specific, but you know, win a veto so you can protect yourself and whatnot. But ultimately one person goes home every week and the last person standing is the winner. <laughs> so All it's a social right. experiment to, you know, how you, you know, win competitions, but also how you navigate the game and form alliances and keep yourself safe every week. Yeah. And, um, you know, just watching some of the interviews that you've been on and the tapings from the actual show, it said that you were a, a big fan of Big Brother. So have you been watching it for a couple years? Yeah. Oh, man, I've been watching religiously since season 11. So I know everything since season 11, U.S. version. And then I knew a little bit of like the earlier seasons, like the really OGs of Big Brother. Like I know all of them. And it's funny because I grew up watching it. And it wasn't until more recent seasons, like watching Paul and stuff or Steven, where I'd be like, oh, maybe I could do this. I think I could do this. And then I ended up applying two years ago and didn't hear back and then applied last year. And that's how I got cast on the show. So it took me two years. So it's weird to have watched it for 10 and now on the other side of it, like I was actually on my favorite show. So it's very bizarre. Yeah, that is uh, that's got to be some kind of uh, like shock and excitement at the same time. Probably a mix of emotions uh, when you, you kind of go through the process and they, you know, they give you that key that you're going to be in the Big Brother house. Uh, you know, probably some excitement, you know, being a little nervous as you're going through the process. You know, you, I'm sure you informed your family. What were their thoughts on it? So it's, <laughs> what's really funny is when it came to applying I would tell my family, like, the first year, I think the reason why I didn't get cast either was because I was so timid about it. Like, I felt even stupid telling my family. And you can't feel stupid. You have to be confident. Mm -hmm. So my next year applying, I told my whole family. And by whole family, I mean my parents and my two sisters. And there was, like, two opposite ends of the spectrum. I had, like, my mom, who was more like, Nick, you have more of a chance of being struck by lightning. It's not going to happen. And then I had my sister, Kayla, who was like, I believe you. If you think you're going to get on the show... I believe it too. It's going to happen for you. Let's see what happens. And like you said, it's that mix of emotions because when you finally do start moving through the process, you have moments of, yes, I knew it. I have adrenaline. Let's go. And then there's the other side of it where you're like, oh, geez, I'm going to be away from my family. And I never been on a plane. I'd never been like to California. I was like, I'm going to be away from them for like a hundred days. Hopefully this was a good idea. <laughs> wow. That's actually pretty good because you had someone who was on left side and right side of your shoulder saying like, it's yeah. not going to happen. It is going to happen. So you kind of had a grounded perspective of expectations yeah. about being on the show. And then you do get on the show and then I'm sure your family's excited and feeling those same range of emotions yeah. for you as well. And then in the package that introduces you on the show, it talks about how you're a special needs preschool teacher. So you had to kind of inform them about you know the process as well were they excited for you and I'm sure they were but so my biggest fear being a fan of the show for so long I know people have gotten kicked out in the casting process for telling too many people and then it goes on social media and then they're like well, we don't want this person revealed so you're out so I only told my parents my sisters and I didn't tell the preschool <laughs> so I had to like make up this lie because I always told them, like, I'd give you months notice if I were ever to leave. So here I am. I come in on a Monday 
And I had to go up to my boss and be like, hey, I'm leaving Friday. Uh-oh. So the whole preschool was like, what happened? What's going on? Like, I had people who thought I was going to rehab. I had people who thought I was pregnant. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was, I just was like, oh, yeah, there's this internship upstate. And I'm going to read my English thesis because I went to school for English, like, older, like, high school, you know, students. So I'm like, I'm going to read my thesis. And if it works out, I could be gone for two weeks, but I could be gone for three months. And it was so sketchy. Like the lie was so sketchy. People had no idea what I was doing. And it wasn't until the cast reveal that my sisters who also work at the preschool were able to tell the entire staff. And it made sense why I was so sketchy. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense though. Yeah. I mean, obviously if it leaks out that you're going to be on the show, it's just like the surprise of it's kind of dwindled at that point. But you said you were never been on a plane before, right? Yeah, never. (laughs) As you guys know, we have a very small airport here on Long Island. Yes. And... I had a, I guess you would say layover because I flew, my first ever plane ride was from Long Island to Pennsylvania. And it was this tiny, janky plane. I was the only one in one row and there was one person next to me. And I'm like, oh, this is not like the movies. I'm thinking of like Red Eye um, and stuff like Final Destination, which I probably shouldn't have been thinking about. <laughs> yeah, those are <laughs> the worst movies. <laughs> <laughs> These are bad examples. But that's what I was thinking about. And I'm like, oh, this plane is really small. Is this what planes are like? And because it was so small, I felt every movement. I got so sick. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is this is not good. I'm going to panic. I wanted to hold some stranger's hand. That's how desperate I was. When I got on the plane in Pennsylvania to fly out to LA, that was an actual bigger plane that I know from like the movies. So th- I was much more comfortable. So I think that first plane, although it was horrifying, I think it actually helped me Because after that, like all other planes, I'm like, oh, this isn't bad at all. Yeah. (laughs) The good thing about being on uh, like a short flight is that it's only like an hour, an hour and a half. But then you're getting one of these like little planes and you feel the turbulence so much that you're kind of getting rocked in the air. I actually flew to Greece, Santorini a year ago, and I had the same deal. I'm not too scared of flying, but when it gets to a smaller plane, I get a little nervous because you do feel the turbulence. So when we flew from New York to Athens, which was like an eight hour flight, we took a massive plane. It was like a double decker plane. But then when you go from Athens to Santorini, we were on a plane that legitimately had propellers, like old school propellers. Propellers. Oh my gosh, no. So I was I was freaking out. I was freaking out. But yeah, so now you're there. You're going through the process. You were the first four in. You were part one of the first yes. four in the house. So you well, I made sure not to be the first person in the house because if you guys know, one of the curses of Big Brother, they say if you're the first person to enter the house, you don't win. Mm. I mean, I didn't win either, so. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I was like, I refuse to be the first person through those doors, so I purposely stayed back and held the doors, and I, I think I walked in maybe third. Ah, say third, third? Third, yeah, maybe it was meant to be. <laughs> 99 days away from home. I always joke around because I am the same way and Waleed's the same way is that people from Long Island are very, you know, we have a strong relationship with family and Long Island. So a lot of us don't even go away to school. I know you went to St. Joseph's, right? So, so being away from home for more than a week, now 99 days. You're literally on the opposite side of the United States. How was that? Oh man, I talk about rip off the band-aid. St. Joseph's is a commuter school, so I never dormed. So I had never been away from home, let alone in another state, let alone without cell phone, anything to call or any chance of like, I want to go back and visit my parents. Like I had nothing. So I think originally it's adrenaline. It's like, yeah, mommy, brother, my favorite show. Yeah. I'm meeting all these people. And once that kind of settles, you have this moment of like, I mean, granted, you could always like leave 
if you need to, but you have this moment of like, I'm stuck here. Like, this is it. You know, I'm here with these 15 strangers who don't know me. They're not my family and it's a game. So I can't necessarily confide in them because you don't know what people are going to use as strategy. So it becomes very real, very quickly. Once the adrenaline wears off that your, (laughs) your life is going to be very different for three months. And I, that hit me very early on where I was like, oh, wow, I didn't really think this through. <laughs> yes. I actually watched most of the season. I was trying to catch up before we talked to you because I was introduced to you through a friend who was obsessed with the show and was obsessed with you. When I was watching you, I was kind of biased going into it because I know I was speaking to you, but I was happy in a sense that you had some New York, New Jersey people around you going into that. Is that something that like either consciously or subconsciously you kind of gravitated towards or not really knowing that they were kind of close from home? Oh, that's actually a very good question. I know when we all first walked into the house and we were all introduced ourselves we thought is this an east coast versus west coast season because there were so many of us all from the same area but what's funny um with my season the people that are from my area you know nick christy tommy sam kemi of those people i really only connected with kemi on a game level like, yeah i personally like, i kind of connected with everybody because i tried to relate to everybody to some extent but in the game i was only really working with kemi like nick was the one that put me up on the block um, I evicted Christy. So I think subconsciously, like on a life level, it's like, oh, I'm going to be close with them outside of here. But on a game level, it's kind of like that almost like kind of means nothing. Like my closest ally in the house was Cliff and he's from Dallas. So I think yeah. it's more so who you connect with just personality wise more so than region. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. You know, talking about the first episode, because uh, Jackson was the first camp director on the show. Do you think at all, you know, that kind of set the tone or the momentum swung that he ended up winning the show and he was the first camp director. You think that had any play or was that just kind of his confidence coming through and kind of his gameplay coming through early? Um, I definitely think his confidence and gameplay coming through early. And I do think that set a tone, whether it was subconscious or not, that he was like the leader of the household. He was, not a father figure, but like a powerful figure. Right, so right. I know when we were talking about camp director, I had a couple people turn to me on the couch, and be like, Nicole, you do it, you do it. And for me, I'm like, I'm not doing that. The type of personality I am, I feel as though that's going to come back to bite me and people are going to want me out. Whereas Mickey had the oomph for it to like give him momentum and he had the, you know, comp beastness <laughs> to yes. win competitions to back himself up. So I think it almost set this air of like Mickey is like our leader, if that makes sense. And in turn, like kind of worked well for me. What what I didn't realize was talking to people later on in the season and after the season, people I was very close with later on, such as like Cliff and Nick, they told me, Oh, had I been camp director, I would have banished you. Mm. You know, and I was like, oh, my goodness, it's a good thing I didn't vote for you. So it kind of it's weird how things worked out the way they did. There's so many different little wins within the show that you've had that we were all like kind of cheering for you on the sideline. What was one of the biggest mini wins that you think you had? So I think, you know, for me personally, I knew that my social game would mean more. So I had like my little wins of like, oh, I was able to break up this group or break up that group or yeah. plant the seeds that broke up this group. Like that to me is a win. 
But for me, because I wasn't very good at a lot of the comps, um, it was very humbling to lose a lot of things. You know, as someone who's a perfectionist, I'm like, I'm going to win everything. Not the case, obviously. So I think in that sense, my first actual game win, so like the double eviction puzzle and hockey thing, like that was yes. so amazing to me because I finally, after weeks and weeks and weeks of losing HOH, like I finally won something and that meant I was going to get my basket. I was going to get my letter from home. And yes, it's more important to win in the game. But for me, it just meant so much more that like finally I won something for my family and I was going to be able to share my family with America. Like that just meant so much more to me. Yeah, it was it's validation, right? That you're winning parts of the game. And then, you know, obviously with the social game, you can feel that you're kind of changing the tides in terms of like the social status. But when you physically winning these games, at least like three out of five, four out of five times that someone wins one of these challenges, you're physically getting emotional. Is it because that, is it the win itself or is it because that you feel um, a sense of relief that you you know you have immunity for that week in some cases i definitely think it's a combination of everything so i had one during double and double eviction is a live show where it's just instead of a week long stretched out it's go 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 and double eviction is very stressful and as somebody with anxiety i was like oh my gosh this is scary i could go out tonight and not even have a week to process it this sucks so to win that like like i said it was awesome to know i was gonna get my letter from home but it was also amazing to be like huh i'm not gonna go out tonight Yes. If I'm going to go out, I'll have time to process it. So it was definitely like a relief to win that day. <laughs> yeah. I want to talk about some of the the people from New York. Sam Smith. I saw him on uh, an interview with you with Maxwell from Z100. Yeah. And can I just tell you his voice? I will listen to a, if he has his own podcast, if he has his own show, he is just like the most animated, fun loving person. I think he's a good duo with you because you're the same way. Just fun loving person. Uh, Do you consider him a good friend? Oh, absolutely. On the show, like we were a little working together than we weren't because the whole yeah. Nick and Bella dynamic and everything. But we were connected in the sense like he would talk about his kids and me as like a preschool educator, you know, I'd like, oh, and, you know, we relate on that note. And like he said, like it was that really that last week because we were have nots together. So we spent a lot of time together and I knew he was well, we knew he was most likely going home, but then maybe not. So I'd help him practice his speech and practice what he was going to say to people. So we did get closer. And it wasn't until obviously out of the house that we started talking more and more. And I would argue Sam is one of the people I'm closest to now. I've, I've stayed at his house multiple times. I've been to his son's birthday party. I've been to his birthday party. So Sam, like you said, he's just a very... He's a good person. He's personable. He's real. And I think that's the best way to put it. Like he's not putting on this front. He's not trying to be anything like he's, he's just Sam and Sam is yeah. phenomenal. <laughs> yes. Uh, funny enough, this past year for Long Island, I don't know if you know, but there's been a lot of Long Island stars uh, yeah. when it comes to, you know, reality shows, you know, we just had B lashes on. She was from a double shot of love and, and MTV. She was on the show. Right. She was kind of America's favorite. She didn't win, but she was definitely one of our favorites. She's from Sachem. Oh, yeah. And then also Tommy from survivor just won last yeah. season. So, uh, have you had any contact with Tommy or any of the other contestants? Yeah. So not yet. Mm -hmm. I know, um, Tommy from survivor and I were planning a Long Island meet and greet together. Nice. Obviously with everything going on, it's been delayed, right. rightly so it should be for everybody's health and safety. But I'm hoping like down the pike that happens so I get to like actually like interact with him and get to know him. Cause it is in the grand scheme of things, it's such a small community of people that have been on reality television and people from Long Island who have been on it. And I think we're seeing more of that. And I'd like to think it's because, you know, 
casting people are starting to realize like damn like people from Long Island have great sense of humor and they're really personable and they're really like we have a lot of comedians from Long Island I think we're just very dry sense of humor relatable humor I don't know <laughs> yeah I was that's so funny you said that because I was just about to ask you why you know you think someone would be you know chosen from Long Island I think you nailed on most of the important points one sense of humor is the biggest thing yeah. and you know we have a sense of like working within like I always talk about this and I, I we mentioned this before is that you know like a, a familial unit right you know working within yeah. a family and dealing with conflict in, in like a funny way and knowing how to have conflict and then circling back and kind of mending the relationship and, and moving forward. I think you did that so perfectly on the show is that, you know, there was a lot of different things going on. In many cases, you had to deal with conflicts, of course, throughout the show. You were able to forgive and not necessarily forget, but, you know, having the heart to kind of move on and making that a learning lesson for other people and keep that, uh, you know, that social game moving too. Absolutely. And I said, you know, at finale, like I credited my upbringing a lot, you know, in regards to that. And I think upbringing like you said, from where we're from, you know, we're not, and this is very stereotypical, but we're not necessarily like New York, New York, where we're more abrasive and yeah. unapologetic and unforgiving, but we're also not like very passive. So we are, we, we feel what we feel very strongly, but we're also willing to give people second chances. I think that is because of, you know, we're more, like you said, familial and whatnot. And I think there's a nature on Long Island that people are starting to see more and more of it, and I, and I love it. Like, I think we're getting a good name, and I, li I like that a lot. <laughs> 100%. One important thing that you said that B-Lashes, who was on A Double Shot of Love, said the same exact thing as you. Uh, when someone asked the question, would you uh, refer someone to the show if they were interested, you said 10 out of 10 if you know who you are as a person. Yes. Can you elaborate on what you meant by sure. that? So before going into the house, I had watched a lot of previous house guests say, be yourself, be yourself. And one thing I learned from being in that house is, yes, you can go into it being yourself, but it's not even so much that. You need to know yourself because you might think, like even me, like I went into it being like, I'm so strong. Nobody's going to hurt me. Nothing's going to affect me. And that house brings out everything, your best traits, your worst traits, your quirks and I realized how I am sensitive and things do um, hurt my feelings more so than I thought. And I also realized how forgiving I am. I knew like I get along with people, but I didn't realize how even if something really bad happens, I'm still willing to forgive and move forward. And I think what's really important with that house, like it just like I said, it brings out your best. It brings out your worst. And if you're not prepared to learn that, I would suggest not going into it. And you might think you know yourself, but you might not like that house, it's going to make you realize a lot of things about you and they're not all going to be pretty. A lot of people in that house learned like, oh, I might be a little more ignorant than I thought, or I might say things that aren't appropriate. And yeah, you might have gone into the show not thinking you had biases or not thinking you had, you know, hate, let's say, and it's going to bring it up whether you know it about yourself or not. Yeah. You stay in the house for what, 99 days? Yes. yes. All right. So that's if you make it as far as Nicole and did. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Start to gotcha. Yes. Okay. So even for me, like, like you said, being from Long Island, it's a tight knit community. We're so homey. It's such like a very homey vibe. If I'm on vacation after a week, I'm like, shit, I miss home. <laughs> how, like how long did it take you where you were like, all right, I'm homesick. I would say, yes, the week that I was put up on the block was very difficult for me because, you know, if you've watched it, nobody really liked me. It sounds me, but nobody really liked me at that point. Everybody was against me. And that's what makes you realize like, oh man, I wish I had my support system here. I wish I had my family here. Am I disappointing them? I don't know what they're thinking. But if I had to pinpoint a day, I would have to argue day 30. 
And that's because that was when we had the battle back. So there was four people who I was very friendly with. We had David, Ovi, Kemi, and Cliff. And of those four, three of them were leaving no matter what. So I remember sitting there and that was to me, my big brother family, those were my people. So three of them leaving, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm left with my one of my four friends. And that's when I started to feel like, oh, wow, I really miss my sisters. I really miss my family. Now I'm losing three people I was really close to in this game. So I think day 30 was a big turning point where I started to realize like, wow, it's, it's just me. And at that point, it's just me and Cliff. <laughs> and it tests your, you know, emotional intelligence, your, just like your willpower. And it just, it was on display for the world to see for the good, because we, that's when we could see when, you know, you're at your toughest moments. We kind of saw you as a person and, and, you know, obviously everyone loved you. I think one of the things that, you know, my parents and my mom and my family would be trying to knock on the big brother door, bringing me some like spaghetti sauce and pasta trying to kick in the door to feed me because that's like a big thing from Long Island. That sounds a little stereotypical, but honestly, it's food is part of Long Island culture. It just there's no way around it. It's a yeah. huge part. Yeah. What are some of the things that Long Island foods that you miss that you're like, oh, I wish I had that right now? Oh man. I think because my mom cooks every night. We're not really out and about like out to eat type people. We're more we eat the five of us every night together. So I just missed more the air of sitting together at dinner time, And, you know, my mom, um, I would always pick on her because I hate pork chops, but it's like the weird things. Like I missed pork chops yeah. because I missed complaining to my family about the pork chops. Yes. <laughs> and, and I missed corn on the cob because my dad sits next to me and when he eats it, it squirts all over me and I yell. So I missed <laughs> corn on the cob where I could yell at my dad. Like you miss like the really, not stupid things, but the little things that irritated you, you miss them. <laughs> yeah. And kind of just to stay on the topic of food, we always love to ask our, our Long Island guests, you know, do you have yeah. like a favorite spot, like a favorite pizza spot yeah. or a favorite bagels? Like Yes. So... My family's go-to place is Crickets in Sayville. Absolutely okay. love it there. And then Sal's Pizza in Sayville is the best. Yes. <laughs> I think there's like I think there's like 60 Sal's Pizzas on Long Island. <laughs> so we got a pinpoint. It's in Sayville? Yeah, Sayville. Sayville, and, yeah. And, what, and, and wait, you got to elaborate on Crickets. What is that? So Crickets is pub food. And see, every time we go, we're like insanity. Like we get appetizers that we all split. So we get onion rings and stuffed mushrooms and calamari or as the Broncos say, Calamod. Nobody pronounces it like that. <laughs> and onion rigs and just, oh, the giant pretzel, everything. And then we all get our meal. So I usually get like stuffed shrimp or mussels over linguine. And then we bring, we bring, so we're horrible. We bring like all of it home. And then my sisters and I eat it that night. And then we eat it the next day. We're very like obnoxious when we go there. <laughs> Speaking of the Broncos, if that's okay for me asking, you're dating one of the Bronco brothers. Yes. <laughs> um, um, how did I get like this? I don't know. <laughs> it's it's funny because you were saying in the beginning, you were saying, you know, you're open to finding love. And there subsequently you did find love through the show, you know, secondhand. And I want to know, this is the most important question of it. Can you keep up dance wise with that family? Because they seem like they are super talented dance wise and just actors and everything. Uh, no way. I, there's no way I could keep up. I have no coordination. If you watched, I think Pose and Ivy is the perfect comp. If you go, how's Nicole's coordination? Show that competition. Like my arms and legs, I don't know how you could tell one part of your body do one thing while your other part of the body does another. So if I'm moving to the left, my whole body's moving to the left. Like I can't tell one limb to do something different. So dance is not my forte. 
and I'll admit that to them. And like, oh, I want to be in like a music video with them, but I just don't have the moves. <laughs> just through the videos that I saw, just like that whole family in general has so much like energy. It's just like, it must be just so much fun to hang out with them. Yeah. What me and Philip talk about a lot is how polar opposites, like our families are very similar, both very close knit, very yeah. funny, dysfunctional, but we love each other. But my family, it's the four of us like that. Not that that's it, but that's it. Like we don't have, big family gatherings and people over all the time. It's just my parents, my sisters, and me. The yeah. Broncos, there's always people there. So they have friends come over, cousins, aunts, uncles. Like It's just a revolving door of constant people. So it's funny. I envy Philip where I'm like, oh, you always have like 10 people over at a time. Like that's so many. Meanwhile, he'll be like, oh, sometimes I envy you where the house is quiet and it's just the immediate family. So it's nice to have like like both both of those dynamics it's very interesting yeah right. that's that's amazing and then like you and that's kind of the what takes me to my next question is that and we kind of talked about this before but um you know the friendships that you've made over um this journey is is amazing just to see through like social media and you're hanging out with everyone everyone's like yay because the fairy tale of you guys being friends is just like coming to reality so like we're just so happy that there's like a happy ending with that but big brother they say it's like a summer camp and it i think that's one of the things that people always talk about going away to summer camp or college that you become lifelong friends with these people but yeah. do you see them as lifelong friends oh absolutely i they're not getting rid of me anytime soon <laughs> <laughs> you're just so bonded you have to understand like you're living with these people 24 7 all day every day they've seen you literally in your worst state that house is such a pressure cooker we've seen each other happy sad angry like ugly crying we've seen each other when we first wake up and big brother's like everybody has to get ready and we're all like Mleh. you know we've seen each yeah. other hyper we've seen each other lazy so you've just become so connected that it literally is family like you'll hear us all the time be like love you fam love you fam because you you it's such a odd experience to go through that you've gone through together so you're just bound forever yeah and i'm stealing this from you because you said this too is that you know you guys relate on such a amazing level because there's no one who's been through your specific season so you know you'll always have that bond and it's kind of like the umbrellas you have like everybody who's ever been in big brother right. under that you have the people that were just in your season under that you have the people that so for instance like all of us are connected but me mickey holly also share in different experiences than say the people that were in the jury house together Right. So I don't know what it's like to be in the jury house with them. Just like nobody else knows what it's like to be alone in the house. Final three. So you have like all these different connections with different people based on what you went through together. Yeah. So you're done with the show, obviously. And now you are America's favorite house guest. The reality setting in that, you know, maybe at first you didn't think you were going to get like this much love and attention from when you got home. But, you know, talk about that now, you know, walking oh, through like a supermarket or you're doing these meet and greets and things like that. So First coming out of the house, it was very, very overwhelming. I mean, surprise, I'm a very awkward, anxious person. So first coming out of the house, I was very overwhelmed by like, you know, after parties and whatnot, where I would be like swarmed by fans. And I just started getting social media. So I had so many DMs that I didn't even know how to find. I didn't understand what a DM was. But as time has gone on, like, it's nice because I've gotten more used to it. And then also it's kind of died down. Mm -hmm. So I like the fact that if I, if, and when I go out, you know, there'll be one person here, two people there. And that I love, cause I love to 
I just love meeting new people and connecting with them and hearing about like, you know, their name and their backstory and how long they've watched the show. Cause uh, first of all, I'm a fan. Like that's my first thing. Like I'm a big brother fan. So I love to talk to people about that. Yeah. And it's nice that it's been more one-on-one as opposed to when I first got out of the house and it was just swarms. And now you, you are part of that group forever. You're going to be probably asked, you know, to be, you know, comment on seasons. I'm sure you already have. Um, do you think, you know, potentially that in some capacity you'd like to be involved again, whether it's, you know, they put, Everyone who ever won favorite house guest on a show, I think that's a good idea. So if that ever happens, <laughs> I said it first. Or would you ever want to be back on the show? I know immediately when you came out of the house, you said you'd you know want to be back on the show. But now that you've had time to think about it, do you think you'd ever want to be back on the show? I I still say yes. If you're, it's a, literally a once in a lifetime opportunity. So if you get a second shot at a once in a lifetime, like that's unheard of. So you have to say yeah. yes. Um. The more time has passed, the more I've thought, like, I don't, I don't know. That was very difficult because I even, I haven't watched my season back. So I'm like, that was very difficult. I don't know if I could do it again, but I know I would. That like, it's kind of contradictory, but I would definitely say yes, even though I know it's going to be even more difficult or maybe, maybe it would be easier the second time. I don't know. (laughs) What would be the one thing, if you could just put your finger on one thing that you'd want to be remembered as, as a house guest on the show? Oh man. Wow, that's a really good question. I would say a comeback kid, an underdog, and not to, you know, I think just this, my life in general outside of the house and my life in that house, a comeback kid, someone who, in the words of Eminem, one of my favorite, you know, I've been chewed up and spit out and booed off stage. Like, it's happened a few times in my life, and I was so down and out that week, and say what you want, but nobody liked me in the house. Like, I was, like, enemy number one. Nobody wanted to talk to me. Nobody trusted me. Nobody liked me, and somehow some way I came out on top and I stayed all the way to finale night so if you just put those two moments back like side to side that moment where I came out of the DR and nobody liked me nobody wanted to talk to me that one night versus final three I think comeback kid and that's what I would want to be remembered for yeah that's amazing I love everyone loves that type of story and you know as we were watching we kind of felt that where everyone was like even when you were in those tough situations we're like come on Nicole I hope you get through this so you can make it to the next <laughs> round uh, chewed up and boot off stage I think that's an Eminem uh, that's a yeah that's an Eminem lyric you've been segueing us to like the next question perfectly by the way <laughs> we always touch on music because part of Long Island culture there's always music involved we're close to New York City a big hub for music as well we're fans of Maxwell so to see you on that show was a double win we saw that you were a fan of Eminem and Backstreet Boys. So you kind of have a wide range of taste in music. I do. And I think it kind of goes, it's kind of like what was like dating when people are like, oh, what are you attracted to? And I always go, it's not a physical attribute. It's more so personality. And that goes the same for music. I'm not like, oh, I only listen to pop or I only... I listen to what makes me feel good. Like it has to have that oomph, it has to have that aura and it has to have that personality. And I think it doesn't matter the genre. It doesn't matter the singer. It has to be what makes you like... Yeah, like you have to feel it. <laughs> yeah, right. You get jacked up from Eminem, right? He pumps you up, yeah. and then you're you're chilling. You bring it back down. Yeah, bring it back down. The smooth jams of the Backstreet Boys. I love yeah. it. I love that's, it. That's, yeah. that's good balance. Does it feel like a responsibility because there were so many different themes within the show that you're kind of like an advocate for? Um, do you feel is it pressure to you, or are you honored by it that you know you're kind of like a you have the cape? You're the the superwoman of some of these things. Um, it's definitely an honor, but it is sometimes a burden because the way I feel about certain things, I feel like sometimes I can't articulate it the best way. So people, I will get, you know, messages or DMs with people like, Oh, Nicole, that's so hypocritical. Or Mm. how can you say that? But mean that. So like, for instance, people will say to me, Oh, how can you 
say you love everyone when certain people have said hateful comments or how can you it's hard for me to explain but I always say like and dislike come and go daily you can like somebody and then be mad at them so you dislike them you could dislike things that people have said and done it doesn't mean I love you any less like I was brought the way I was brought up I love everybody you know like I have love for everybody I have Everybody deserves a second chance, especially in a game. You can't really gauge somebody as a person based on how they are in a game, in my opinion. And I assess everybody how they treat me in real life. And I forgive. And yes, if you hurt me multiple times in my real life, that's very different. But sometimes I feel like my message gets misconstrued because people will be like, well, you say you're anti-bullying and you say you're all about love and respect. But meanwhile, people that have bullied and people that have disrespected, you continue to be friends with them. How can you do that? And I think it's just important to remember that you can't counter bullying with bullying. You can't counter hate with hate. You have to educate people and inform them. And sometimes just showing love to people that constantly show hate, maybe it'll make them realize like, oh, Mm -hmm. I can show love too. And I think sometimes my message gets a little jumbled here and there, but it's just like give love always. And I think, you know, it's so important. I think that's, you know, it's a powerful message because there are certain situations where, you know, maybe it's not a bad person, but you still do the wrong thing. And, you know, these are people that you love. And if you just shut them out, what's the real learning lesson, right? I mean, the learning lesson is that, you know, they're going to feel bad for it. But I think for, you know, that's a short term kind of solution. I think long term is that, like you said, it maybe sounds a little corny, but, you know, love always wins is but love kind of directs and kind of changes the way we kind of think about things. So I think that's a positive way to look at it for sure. Um, Absolutely. so just talking about future things, I saw that, uh, just looking at, uh, your Instagram, you were, you, are you have your own show? Or are you part of a show right now? I am. So over in the TV co app, yes. um, I do BB Canada coverage with my friend, Eric. So we do all the coverage of the episodes and the live feeds and we interview the evicted house guests and we've done like the circle and whatnot. But in addition to that, I also have my own show called hello friends yes. where I've just had open forum where I answer questions. I've showed my big brother application videos. I've interviewed Jess, Tommy, Cliff, and I just had Philip on this past week. And it's just supposed to be, you know, a positive show where fans get to join and ask their questions and just, I don't know, have something lighthearted where it's not always so serious. It's just sharing stories and having fun. Did you say the circle, the reality show on Netflix? Yes, I did. <laughs> There's so many different shows. It's hard to keep up, but I did catch the circle. How do you think how do you feel about that format? It feels like a like a modern like take on, you know, how we interact because it's so heavily involved in social media. I do like it. I'd like to throw my hat in there and see how yeah. that will go. It's essentially Big Brother in a room via so- social media. So instead of interacting face to face, you're interacting via a monitor. And I, I really like the idea that like social experiment, I'd like to try it out. <laughs> yeah. You know, before you were on uh, Big Brother, if you were on the circle, would you think you would play yourself or do you play a character? Oh, I think I'd play myself. I, like, I, I don't think I know how to be anything different than myself. And I think it would just come off disingenuous if I tried. But what's okay. funny, prior to Big Brother, I probably wouldn't have done the circle because I had no exposure to social media. So I think I'd be like, oh, I don't know. I feel funny. And now that I have Twitter and Instagram, I'd be like, oh, I think I am comfortable with that. Let's try it out. Anything else going on that you want to talk about? I know probably meet and greets and all that things got kind of got canceled and put to the side burner with, with good cause, of course. Um, well, like you said, a lot of um, charity events and meet and greets are held off for now. Yeah. Um, I guess what I will say is Big Brother is currently still casting. Yes, the open calls have all been obviously canceled, rightfully so, but they are still accepting online submissions, I think, for the next two weeks. So if you 
if you feel it, if you want it, just do it. Send in that video. And if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And that's my biggest like demand of people. Like, if you feel it in your heart and soul, just yes. do it. Send in that video and put your hat in the ring and just see what happens. And it could very well happen for you. Uh, last question before we go, because I know we're running out of time. If you had someone who was, you were a mentor to someone and they had a season where, you know, they chose mentors and you had to guide someone through the, you know, big brother house. I'm just thinking of ideas. I, I'm trying to pitch them out loud. Let's see if something sticks. But if you had 30 seconds to coach someone up, would you give them a certain strategy or would you just say, look, play it by, you know, every season's different. So you got to kind of be adaptable. That's the perfect way to put it. My thing going into the season was like in the classroom, assess and adapt. Mm -hmm. And that's not seasonally. That's not even weekly. That's daily, hourly. When you're in that house, just assess what's happening and adapt. You can't go in with a strategy because you don't know the 15 people you're going to be with. You don't know their personalities. You don't know if you'll be pulled into an alliance or rejected. You don't know. So it's important to always be adapting and always be watching. Awesome. Where can people follow you on social media? What's your handles? Sure. <laughs> I always get in trouble because they're different everywhere. Okay. So on Instagram, I'm at Strong Island Nicole. And on Twitter, I'm at, at Strong Island NI2. Gotcha. <laughs> because they're different everywhere because I'm difficult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nicole, thank you so much. It's America's favorite house guest. I appreciate Thanks, the Nicole. time. Such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It's the warm up podcast. Peace. <laughs>